Take your Bibles tonight and turn with me to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> Last week we, we started looking at hope. Uh, hope that is real. Hope that is lasting. Hope that makes a difference in our lives. Peter is, is writing to Christians who are scattered due to persecution. It's, it's, he's probably writing this uh, right before Nero burned Rome, and, and, and already there, were, there was uh, great persecution against the Christians, and then, and then after the fire it just increased, and, and, and of course God knew this was coming, and so uh, by the Holy Spirit, Peter wrote these words to, to, to send out to these uh, Christians to encourage them, to, to remind them uh, who they were and the hope that is theirs. Uh, and, and that hope that, that cannot be taken away, it cannot be removed, you can't lose it. And, and in, in a time that they were losing so, so much. Last week we looked just at verse 3. I want us to begin with verse 3 and, and go on to about verse 9 tonight. So First uh, Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, Peter writes, The Word of God says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the, <clears throat> from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time in this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while if need be you will have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Father, thank you for your word and and thank you for this word and thank you for hope hope that is ours hope that changes lives hope that comforts and encourages and father i pray tonight that that, that, that as i die to self that you would so fill me with your spirit that you would preach your word through me and give us ears to hear what you have to say for our good and for your glory, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ever heard, ever heard anyone say, God doesn't put more on you than you can handle? I think, I think we've all heard that. Of course, of course that, is, that is a lie <laughs> that is not in the Bible. And, and God every day puts more on me than I can handle. All right? So, so to think that he doesn't, uh, is, is wrong. Well, try telling that that God doesn't put more on you can, than you can handle. Try telling that to a Christian about to be burned alive, 
about to be beheaded or crucified because of their faith. Well, it's all right, brother, sister. God doesn't put on you any more than you can handle. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Every day, he does. Because he doesn't want me to handle them by myself. He doesn't want me to try to do it myself. He wants me to call out to him. He wants me to cry out to him for help. To bring my burden to him. Because his yoke is easy and light. So Peter begins... This letter reminding these Christians who are facing such persecution, such trial, such test, uh, reminding them of the hope that they have in Jesus. Uh, we, we, last time we looked at the source of hope being, uh, being God himself. God, God gives us this hope. And, and it's not self-produced. It, it comes when we're born again. And, and it's not learned through education. It's, it, 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 it comes about as we are tested and as we, as we grow. It, it strengthens. It's, it's, it's real biblical, enduring, lasting hope. That comes from God himself. And this hope is secured by the resurrection of Jesus. And that's what we talked about last week. But, but, but here are some more aspects of this living hope that, that Peter points out here in this passage. First of all, first of all he, 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 I'm going to go back and, and, and restate for just a moment uh, that hope is reborn. Okay? In, in verse 3. Uh, blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has begotten us again. In other words, he has, he has birthed us. He, he has born us again. Uh, we, we are born again. Literally, it means to, to, to breathe new life into or to breathe life into uh, one that is dead. It, it's the picture is of a soul that is dead and brought back to life or brought to life by God himself breathing life into that dead soul. Uh, Paul tells us about this in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, he says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. In other words, we, we were all dead in our trespasses and sin. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So salvation, being born again, is, is that God has taken that soul that is dead in sin and can offer absolutely nothing and breathes life into it and makes us alive. A dead, lifeless body cannot breathe life into itself. Someone or something from the outside must do that. So that's what happens. And, and, and when that happens, when a person is born again, as, as 
uh, Peter says we're begotten to a living hope. He's born us again to give us hope. Hope is reborn. Well, let's move on just a little bit. Hope is reserved. Look at verses 4 and 5. We back up just a little bit. Begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Now Peter is writing to this this people that's being persecuted and running through their minds were, were thoughts like, I just, I, I hope I can endure. I, 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 hope I, I hope I don't fail. I hope I, I, hope I when tested, when, when faced with death, I hope, I hope that I can uh, uh, be, be a good witness. Right? I, I, I hope that I can endure. I, I hope that I don't disappoint God. But what if I cave in under the pressure of the threat of death? Would would, would I still be loved by God? Would I still go to heaven? Notice notice what Peter says. That we are begotten again. That that is, according to his mercy, he has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. It's as if it's a done deal, right? When you surrendered your life to the Lord uh, and, and, and began to abide in Him and He began to abide in you, then, then, then it, was, it was a done deal as far as your inheritance and home in heaven. It was, it was done. It was, it, was, it, was, it was as good as, as, as done. So no matter what we might lose here, no matter who we might lose here, no matter the suffering we endure, heaven is reserved. And that will never change. That will never change for the one that's been born again. It's an inheritance. It's an inheritance that is reserved. What is, what is our inheritance? Well, we, we can say it's heaven, and we're right. It is. But it's so much more than that. It's God. It's He Himself. It is all that He is, and, 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 and all that heaven is, and, and, and it's... We can't express that with words. It's just going to be great, right? It's just going to be great. And, there's, and it's where God is. And we'll be there for an eternity. Well, Peter says, it's, it's incorruptible. It's perfect. It's undefiled. It's pure. And it will not fade away. It, it, it will last forever. It, it'll, it'll, what, what does Amazing Grace say? When we've there, been there 10,000 years, it's as if we've just begun. Uh, it's it's on, on day, on year 10,000, 
it's just as, as fresh and new as it was when I got there, right? It's, it's, it's undefiled. It's incorruptible. It does not fade away. And it's reserved for you. It's reserved for you. It's, it's a reservation that's been made. You, occasionally, we'll, we'll take a trip, you know, maybe, maybe to the beach or something or, or uh, mountains or, or wherever, not, not, not often, but, but, but sometimes. And, and you, know, you know how you do that. You, you call ahead and make a reservation, right? Right? And, and nowadays, you've got to do that six months ahead of time, you know? You know how hard it is to plan for uh, in January for a for a trip to the beach in in July. <laughs> you know, you, there's just so much you don't know. But you make the reservation and you and you give them your credit card number and they they charge the deposit and, and whatever it is and fees and so forth and and they, and they tell you they tell you you've got till this date to get a full refund. Right? You with me? All right. If if you go past that date, uh, and this another date comes up, and you'll get you'll get half of your half refund, fifty percent refund, right? And if you and if you and if you linger and, and you don't cancel it, and then things change and happens, and you can't go, but it's after this this final date, you don't get anything back, right? So so when you make that that reservation, there's there's still it's not a done deal, right? There's still a lot of things that can happen. Uh, you could lose your job and, and, and not be able to go on a trip. You, or, 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 or maybe uh, you find out that that's the week you got to work and you can't have vacation. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen, right? You can even get there and find that the hotel or the condo or whatever it is no, there's been a mix-up, and, and we don't have a room for you. Right? Has that ever happened? <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of things that could change, right, when we make reservations, the way we think of reservations. It's not always a done deal. But when it comes to salvation, when it comes to our inheritance of heaven and in heaven, it's a done deal. Listen. Listen, we, can, we cannot change it ourselves. We, 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 can't, we can't do something that, that, that causes God to cancel our reservation, right? And he's not going to do anything to lose our reservation. It's done. It's settled. It, it's, 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 it's as good as we are there. That's, that's what he's saying here. You've been born again to a living hope, and because of that, you have an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled. It, it, it's pure and it's perfect, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, um, uh, it will not fade. It will last forever, and it's guaranteed. It is reserved in heaven for you. Nothing can change it. Nothing can change it. Now, that's, that's pretty strong for folks that are going through some, some tough stuff like these are. How, if, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I don't do this right, can I lose that? Can I? No. No. You can't lose it. You can't lose it. Now, 
the one thing we've got to make sure of is do we have it in the first place? You, you, you know? Has the reservation been made? Have we been born again? That becomes the question. But if we've been born again, then our, our inheritance is, is, is reserved. It's, it's done. It, it is, it, when when, when uh, Jesus goes to prepare a place for me, right, that's my place, right? It's in, it's in, the, it's in the mansion. It's a room there, but it is mine, right? It, it's almost as if he put my name over the door. That is my room. And when it's ready, Jesus said what? I'll come back and get you. He's not going to give it to somebody else. He's not going to rent it out to somebody else. It's mine, right? It's reserved for me. And nothing, nothing on earth can change that at all. But you say, preacher... How do we know that for sure? How, how do we know nothing's going to change that? How, how do we know that? Well, notice the next verse, verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. That, that, that phrase, Kept by the power of God. What's kept by the power of God? You are kept by the power of God. Your inheritance is kept by the power of God. You are protected by the power of God. But that phrase means to, to be preserved for the attainment of something in the future. So, so God, the power of God, God by his power, preserves and protects and keeps us until he delivers us to our inheritance that's been reserved for us. There's not a person here that has the power to save themselves or anybody else. Or don't we know we wish we could, but we can't. There's nothing, we, I don't have the power to save myself, but God does. And there's not a person here that is saved. There's not a saved person here that has the power to keep themselves saved. But God does. He keeps us by his power. Is there anything more powerful than God? No. No. Can anything separate us from the love of God? No. Uh -uh. So, so he has the power to keep us. So, so it's a hope that is, that is born in us. It's a hope that is reserved for us. And then thirdly, it's a hope that is refined. It's a hope that is refined. Look at verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, in this, going back to what he just said, our inheritance is reserved. He says, in this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Why? That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, though the genuineness of your faith may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. 
Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So, so Paul is, I mean, uh, uh, Peter is reminding them of, of these great truths of their salvation, that God has given them hope through salvation and his power to keep them saved until faith becomes sight. You know, one day faith will end. Faith will end. And it ends when we, when we see what we have believed. Instead of believing what we haven't seen. So we rejoice in what is to come. That's what Peter saying. We rejoice in what is to come. But until then... We have to live here. Until then, we have to deal with this fallen world. Until then, we have to deal with persecutions. And we have to, to deal with, with policies and laws that, 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 that are an attempt to handcuff the church. Until then, we have to deal with evil. Until then, we have to deal with lostness. Until then, we have to deal with various trials, he said. And we're grieved by them because they're not easy. They're not easy. They're hard. These people that he's writing to, they, they, were, they were facing or at least about to face arrest and imprisonment, torture, execution, They were scattered, but they couldn't hide. They, 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 could, they could run, but they couldn't get away. And we have to live in this evil world, and we can't hide. And we can't run. Where can we run to escape evil? I mean, it's just, it's here. We can't hide. We can't stop going places because there's evil in the world. But isn't that what we've been thinking here lately? Hadn't it crossed our mind here lately? Shooting, shooting at Walmart and, 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 and the shooting, uh, what, yesterday was on the, on the freeway in Texas? Uh, 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 shooting at, I mean, you can go back movie theaters and, and uh, churches and uh, oh, just just remember all the different places. Do we stop going to those places? No, we have to live. And, and, and it's here that 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 we live. But why we rejoice in in the inheritance that's ours, that's reserved? But for now, we're grieved by various trials. But why why the trials? We just we just studied through James and we've talked a lot about trials, but and and, and James James tells us over and over and, and alludes to it many many times in verse seven that the genuineness of our faith may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That our faith, our faith may be tested like gold is tested by fire. 
And that having passed the test, we might praise, honor, and glory. Jesus. So God allows tests and allows trials and they challenge our faith. They challenge our biblical worldview. They are for a purpose to test the genuineness of our faith. Like metals are tested to prove their genuineness, their authenticity. Uh, so is our faith. And they encourage us and draw us and, 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 and move us to a, to a deeper walk with Christ. A deeper walk with Him. He, he's been here before. He, he knows what it's like and He knows the way. And so the writer of Hebrews says that we look to Him, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. When I, when I have, a, have a, a, a something that's complicated and I, I don't know how to navigate it and I don't know how to fix it, and I don't... I call on somebody that's done that. Help me. Show me how to fix this. Jesus has been there. No matter the suffering, no matter the trial, no matter the test, he has been there. We can look to him. He's the author of our faith. He began the faith in us, and he'll finish it when we, when we, when we reach heaven. And until then, we have to live here in this world, and we suffer things that, that are not pleasant. But he's been there so we can look to him and he'll guide us through it. And all of this, Peter says, causes joy. No, notice notice verse, uh, verse, verse 8. Though now you do not see him, yet believe in you, rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You rejoice. Not... not not rejoice in the suffering, but rejoice in the presence of the author and finisher of our faith. And that's how, if we go back then to verse 3, that's how we can speak well of and praise God. There was a group of women in a Bible study on the book of Malachi, and as they were Study in chapter 3, they, they, they came across verse 3, which says, He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. Well, this verse puzzled the ladies, and they wondered what this statement really meant about the character and nature of God. So one of them offered to, to uh, find out the process of refining silver and get back to the group at their next, their next meeting. So that week, the woman called a local silversmith and made an appointment to watch him at work. She didn't mention anything about the reason why, just her interest, her curiosity in the process. And as she watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. And he explained that in refining silver, uh, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest to burn away all the impurities. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot at times. She began to think about the verse 
that he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. And the man answered, yes, absolutely. He not only had to sit there holding the silver, he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment, and then she asked, How do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, When I see my image in it. When I see my image in it. That's a, a poem I've, I've used numerous times God has not promised skies always blue flower strewn pathways all our lives through God has not promised sun without rain joy without sorrow peace without pain but God has promised strength for the day rest for the labor light for the way grace for the trials help from above unfailing sympathy an undying love. No matter the trial, and, 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 and I dare say we here will never face what these faced. But there are other kinds of trials and, and other sorts of tests. and The things that we face today, they didn't have to face. But the one constant for the person that's been born again is that they have hope. And that the genuineness of their faith as it's being tested will shine through. And it will, be, it will shine through to the praise and honor and glory of Jesus. And even if we fail, even if we fall. It doesn't change the fact that we have a reservation in heaven and an inheritance that will not fade away. Hope. Hope. We need hope. And the hope we need, the hope America needs, is found in Jesus and Him alone. Father, thank you for your word and, and thank you for the hope. The hope that is ours through a relationship with, with, with Jesus. Uh, the, the hope that is, is ours as you keep us. It, it, it will never, uh, we'll never lose the inheritance. We'll never lose what you've promised. We'll, but you keep us. And you walk with us in the fire. As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire. And the king looked in. And, and there was not three, but four. You were in the fire. And God, you're in every fire that our faith finds. Every trial that tests us. You are there. 
That's the joy. That's the joy that cannot be explained and cannot be expressed. That's the joy that the world, the lost world, doesn't understand and they certainly don't know. But it's the joy of knowing you're with us and you'll lead us through it. That's the hope that we have. And we thank you for it. Praise you for it. We worship you. For that is who you are. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.